Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Since it's Labor Day, I'll speak to you a little bit about labor. John chapter 10 and verse number 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. The wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and he careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this subject. Is mine a labor of love is mine a labor of love. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus loves the sheep and he loves the lambs. He loves them so much that he is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. His was a labor of love. He did it out of love. Now in all honesty, most people come to God with a need and we hope that they will fall in love because if the need is met and they don't fall in love with the Savior, they're gonna just keep coming to him out of need. But Jesus wants a relationship with us. That's what this is all about. It's not about a God showing off his power or his authority, or his ability to cast people into hell. That's not what it's about. It's about the thing that you need being the same thing that God needs. Do you know what your needs are? Your needs are these. You have to feel like somebody loves you. And you have to be able to give somebody your love. That's the two most basic needs that every human being has. And the reason that they have them is because that's the way that God created them and because he has the same. God wants to love people and he wants people to love him. He's willing to meet their needs to begin a relationship, but the relationship needs to be going beyond just needs being met. Now, today is Labor Day weekend, and, and uh, my father used to joke about Labor Day weekend. We thought that it meant you get to go on vacation for three days before school starts. But my dad, if he was in the mood, would say, well, wait a minute, it's labor. That means cut the grass, do the yard work, Prepare the house for fall. I've got lots of labor 
that needs to be done around here, and we're going to spend the weekend having a labor day weekend. How many of you ever did that to your kids? I've tried that. I haven't been very successful, but... But Labor Day weekend comes, it's, it, uh, Labor Day is actually the first Monday of September. And then you work backward from the first Monday to the weekend before, and that becomes Labor Day weekend and gives you an excuse to have an extra day off because after Labor Day, this is the way it was originally set up, after Labor Day begins school. Everybody goes to school after Labor Day until the final Friday of May, which ushers in Memorial Day weekend. So school, the school year comes between Labor Day and goes up to Memorial Day weekend. And that's the way the school year always ran. Now, of course, it's changed, you know, some schools start earlier than others, but that's why the two weekends were set up at the time that they were set up to accommodate school. It also accommodates the beginning of fall. Some people are gonna be really bummed out. This is the end of summer. Kids are going back to school. The leaves are gonna start turning. Football season is going to be here. Hunting season is on the way. And then the dreaded winter will also make its appearance. And we had a dandy last year, didn't we? But it's also harvest time. And I wanna put the emphasis this morning on, on harvest time. First Corinthians chapter three says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We don't like that word. But we are laborers together with God. We are God's husbandry. We are God's building. So there's labor involved in the kingdom of God. And he compares it here between the seasons and the planting and the watering and, and the caring for the crops and then the harvesting of the crops. Now, there's a lot of work involved in taking in a crop. A lot of work. There's the preparation of the soil. There's the planting of the seed. There's the fertilizing. There's Sometimes even some weeds that need to be pulled, depending on the size of your crop. But we plant with a hope that there will be a harvest. And we go through all of the labor and all of the toil and all of the work that's involved for the sake of the harvest. Luke chapter 10, verse 2 said, The harvest truly is great. The laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. The laborers are few. Brother Cordell today talked about 80-20. He said 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Sometimes it's even worse than that. 
But here's, here's what I really want to get across to you today. Uh, I had, a, uh, had something happen yesterday, just a little trick that maybe gets pulled on you once in a while. The enemy tried to pull it on me. I'm a picky person. I like things in order, and I, and, um, I like things neat. It drives my wife crazy. So what I do sometimes is I just leave the house and I go pick on the church property. That way she can't yell at me, you know, and, and I was over here picking weeds in the flower bed. And the enemy came to me and said, where's everybody else? Why aren't they here picking weeds? And I looked over and here's uh, Brother Thorpe on a tractor. Yesterday we had these showers that came and went and all that. And Brother Thorpe is over here cutting the grass. But the enemy came and said, hey, you shouldn't have to be on your knees picking weeds. There ought to be other people doing that. But the Holy Ghost checked me and said, and I just felt like saying this back in my mind, I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because I want to be here. Doesn't matter. And I hope you, I don't want, I would never want to offend anybody, but I got I to gotta say it this way. Doesn't matter what the rest of you do. Well, you know, you're the pastor, so you, you have to dress a certain way and you have to conduct yourself a certain way and, and all, you know what? That's just not true. I choose to be a Christian. This is what I believe. I, I want to be pleasing to God. And if there's somebody else that says, well, I don't think this is necessary and I don't think that's necessary and I don't agree with that, well, that's, that's you. You know, you're going to have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But the motive, the motive, here's what you've got to get out of this message. The motive for your labor must be love. I do this because I love the Lord and I want to be pleasing to him. I'm not doing it for the recognition of others. I'm doing it because I believe it's pleasing to God. And that's what you got to get in your heart. Why are you doing what you're doing? And a neat thing happened. I, we had one of those downpours while we were out there working. And I jumped on my golf cart and I headed for the garage. And I drove in the garage and here's Joe Thorpe. He's out there. I mean, it's coming down in buckets. He is soaked and I thought maybe I should pull out and let him pull in. Or You just pulled up underneath a pine tree and never complained about it a bit. And the Lord spoke to me again. The rain falls on the just and it falls on the unjust alike. And you know what? God made us waterproof. It ain't gonna hurt us. Man, it was 70, 80 degrees. What's a little rain? Might even look at it as, thanks, Lord, for cooling us off. See, it's all in, it's all in the way you look at things. It's, it's in your attitude most of the time. Because even after a good storm, like some of them we had yesterday, you can either see mud holes or rainbows. Just depends on where you're looking. You're looking down or you're looking up. It, it has a lot to do with your attitude. Matthew chapter 20, 
Let me tell this story before I, I give the conclusion of the story. I'm only gonna read the conclusion. There was a man who had fields and crops that needed to be harvested. And so he didn't have enough laborers like Jesus talked about. The laborers were few. So he went to the marketplace, the unemployment office, where people who were not working were looking for work. And he went to this unemployment office and there were lots of people in there. And he came in early in the day and he said, hey, any of you guys wanna go work in my field today or in my vineyard? And they said, yeah, how much are you gonna pay? And he agreed with them. He said, well, this is what I'm willing to pay. Is this a fair wage? And they said, yes. And so they went to work in his field. A few hours later, he came back and there were still many people that had come in and he said, hey, anybody wanna go work for, in my field? And well, how much will we get paid? And he told them what they would get paid and, and they agreed to the wage. And then finally, at the, even the last hour of the day, he came back for one more group of people and that group said, yeah, well, there's only an hour left, but we'll work, what will you pay us? And he told them what he'd pay them. And then the conclusion of the story is right here in Matthew 20. When the first came, the ones that started the earliest, they supposed that they would have received more because they worked long. And they likewise received every man a penny. When they received it, they murmured against the good men of the house saying, these last have worked but one hour and you've made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I did you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? Are you hearing what he's saying? People came at six o'clock in the morning and went and worked all day. But other people came at five o'clock in the afternoon and worked one hour and they all got paid the same wage. Now to me, in our natural thinking, I can understand what these people are thinking, can't you? Man, I worked 12 hours. This guy worked one and we get the same wage. But remember, we agreed at the beginning of the day as to what you would have been paid and you felt it was a fair wage, but you fell into a trap of comparing yourself to other people and the amount of hours, somebody needs to preach with me today, the number of hours that they worked versus the number of hours that you worked. And you felt you were worthy of more or that they should have gotten Less. Let me say this to you. And I say this in humility. I'm not envious of anybody in this church. I don't care how much money you got or how many toys you got or any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God has supplied my needs and many of my wants and I should not compare myself among myself with others because this is not wise. I don't, I know this is gonna sound bad, I don't care who gets into heaven long as I get there. I don't care if you serve God one minute and I served God over 40 years. I don't care as long as I get there. 
as long as I get to go to heaven. And, and I don't care what rewards you get. And, and maybe you'll get more rewards than I will. That doesn't matter. Because, oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. The labor's over. Cares all past. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. That's all that matters. If you start comparing yourselves among yourselves, you're going to be disappointed. Your expectations are not going to be met. You're going to see yourself more highly as, than you should. Let it be a labor of love. A labor of love. John 4, say not there are yet four months and then will come the harvest. You know, about three months from now it'll be Thanksgiving. I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white. They are ready to harvest. And he that reapeth, watch this. He that reapeth receiveth wages. He that gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you, here, look at this. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Well, what does that mean? Sometimes you walk right into the harvest, and you've never known what it was like to till the soil. You never planted any seed. You never took care and watered the crops. You just came in in the end of November and took a harvest. But again, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that the crop is harvested. And whether you were a planter, a sower, a waterer, a reaper, whatever your part in the process was, let God figure it out as to what you should be rewarded. The greatest, listen to this, the greatest reward is not what God can give you, but what God has already done for you. What God has already done for you. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gave his life he gave his life for the sheep. You want an example of how we ought to be, conduct ourselves? That's the example. Laid down his life for the sheep. Solomon recognized the vanity of labor. Here's the, here's the other side of labor that I want to talk about just for a few moments. Ecclesiastes 1 and 3. This is the wisest man in the world. And in verse 3 he said... What profit does a man have of all of his labor which he takes under the sun? He's frustrated. In chapter two, in verse 10, he goes on and says, and whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. 
I withheld not my heart from any joy. My heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was the portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I labored to do and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit and there was no profit under the sun. Verse 18, yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I know I'm gonna leave it unto a man that will come after me and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool yet he will rule over all my labor wherein I have labored and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun and this also is vanity. Therefore, I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom Listen to this now. There is a man whose labor is in wisdom and knowledge and in equity, yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave for his portion. And this also is vanity and great evil. For what hath a man of all of his labor and for the vexation of his heart wherein he hath labored under the sun? I think Solomon was taking a look and all of his efforts, and he was trying to fill out his own report card. It was self-evaluation time. I don't know what your age is in life. When you get a little older though, you're gonna begin to self-evaluate. You're gonna take a look at your life and you're gonna look backwards instead of forward. And you're gonna say, what has my life meant? What have I accomplished that will live beyond my life? Where will my footprints be in society or in my family or even in the work of God? Will anybody ever want to be like me? Jesus was concerned about that. His concern was that he would make disciples. He knew his time on earth was limited, so he wanted to reproduce himself in others. But if you look at his labor, his three and a half years of labor, he could have felt disappointed. Where are the people that I healed when I needed them most? They didn't show up. Maybe in a human sense, it was all vanity. Where are the people that I taught and I instructed? They didn't show up. Where are the prophets? And even where are the 12? How easy it would be to take a look at his life and say, what have I really accomplished in three and a half years? And then at the climax of three and a half years, I have to make the ultimate sacrifice? And how will that affect the world on a large scale over time? Do you think he had those thoughts? Do you think he ever felt forsaken as a man? Do you think that anybody ever let him down, betrayed him? Certainly. The thoughts of vanity or vexation of spirit had to enter the human mind and the human being. 
But now we have the blessing of being able to see what he did and how it has affected the world for almost 2,000 years because he does have disciples. He does have believers. He does have prophets. He does have converts. He's still doing the miraculous, but now he's doing it through people. I don't think he's down in the dumps. I don't think he's feeling bad about what he did at Calvary. I don't think he feels bad about the three and a half years of ministry and the people that maybe didn't respond at that time because now they're responding. Now they're salvation. Now people are singing his praises on a much larger scale. You say, well, I'm excited about 120 in an upper room and 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. I want you to know literally millions of people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I want you to know there are literally millions of people that have been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. I want you to know that there are still millions of people that are seeing the oneness of God, the fullness of the gospel, whose lives are being converted and being changed. It's not a waste or a, few, a, a lesson in futility to plant the word of God in people's lives and hearts. And even if they're not converted, his word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which pleases him. I am a sower, I am not a judge. I am not a hireling, I am a love servant. That's what you have to see yourself as. I'm not here so that I can get rewards. One of my favorite, favorite stories of, of sports was a story that was told about Henry Aaron. I know I've told it before, but a sports reporter came up to Henry Aaron, a great baseball player who had, I believe, 712 home runs in his career and held the home run record for many, many years. And the reporter came up and said, Mr. Aaron, do you know what your batting average is? Now, Mr. Aaron was not an educated man. I don't think he even finished high school, but he was a terrific ball player. And so when the young man said, do you know what your batting average is? is, this is what he said. He said, I'll tell you what, sir, I'll do the hitting and you do the figuring. Listen, as Christians, let's get out there and do the hitting and let God keep score and any rewards or any hall of fame or any of those things that you think you got coming, let him figure that all out, okay? Let him keep score. Come unto me, he said in Matthew 11, all ye that labor are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But you first have to labor. I'll give you rest. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, therefore my beloved, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I remember one of my favorite songs, only what's done for Christ will last. And when you get to that point in your life where you begin to look backwards, maybe God will bring some faces to you. Because folks, it's about people. We're in the people business. We don't manufacture anything. We don't produce steel, we don't shape it, we don't cut it. But we have the most important task on the face of the earth. We are dealing with eternity and living eternal souls. What cause could be greater than that? Hebrews 6 and 10, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love which you have showed toward his name in that you ministered to the saints and you do minister. There will be a payday. But it starts with ministering to the saints and we continue to minister. I'm not gonna read this. 1 Corinthians chapter three talks about rewards. But I wanna share one last thought with you before I wrap this up. How many of you know that the Spirit of God is supposed to bring you peace, joy, and righteousness? Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of God is supposed to give you the things that you will value the most in life. I don't know that there's a lot of joy and peace and righteousness these days, but I want you to know you can have it, and God will put it in you. But let me share this thought with you. This is the thought while I was walking one day this week. How do I get peace? Trust. Think about this for a minute. If I don't have peace, and I'm upset about something, or I'm worried about something, what's really going on in my mind? What's absent? I'm not trusting God. I'm not trusting God to work out this difficult situation. I'm not trusting God to provide this need. Do you know whose church this is? It's God's church. It's not our church. It's his church. He'll take care of his. You gotta remember that. I'm, now I'm preaching to me, and if, you, and if it fits, then enjoy it. And if not, then say, well, he's got a problem, and pray for me, okay? But if you're struggling with peace, you're really struggling with trust. Joy, whoa, how do I get joy? Is joy come from buying things or, or getting new things? No, no, joy comes from service, service to God. See, don't serve people, serve God. Be what pleases God, what God wants, then be what people need.
Don't get them in reverse or out of order. I'll say it again so you don't miss it. Be what God wants before you try to be what you think people need. Don't be what people want. Be what God wants, then go after what people need. But, hey, do you have any memory? Do you, do you remember home Bible studies? Remember? Sitting up with people and teaching the word of God and answering questions and being so excited about that? How many of you remember that? What joy that brought you. Do you remember that? What joy it brought you to be able to, to share in a Bible study, to either learn or to teach. Do you remember fellowships? Having people over for dinner and talking about the things of God and, and being optimistic about what God was gonna do and, and what the future held for the church? Go back to that. Do you remember prayer meetings where you'd come to the house of God and maybe even spend the whole night? And just because you wanted to hear from God? Go back to that. Do you remember revivals? Where you'd be in church six nights a week? Six nights a week? Why are you in church six nights a week? Because on the seventh night we have to do the wash. That's the way we thought. Was that so wrong? We were happy. We had joy. It comes in serving. And righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? It comes from doing right. And when you realize you've done wrong, making it right. So if you want peace, Go to trust. If you want joy, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and that he hath made us and not we are ourselves. And if you want righteousness, do the right thing. And if there's something wrong between you and somebody else, go make it right. Boy, this is simple. Let's stand together. Revelations Chapter two. Again, Brother Cordell brought this up in his family Bible study, so just a confirmation. Laodicea, I know your works. Picture the Lord saying this to us. I know your works. I know your labor. And some of you are very good laborers. I know your patience. I know you can't bear them which are evil. I know you hate what's going on in the world. I know that you've tried those that say they are apostles and they are not. And you found out that they were liars. You're disappointed. Even with apostolics. Or people that said they were apostolic. I know that you've borne, I know that you've had patience, I know that for my name's sake you have labored, he brings it up again, labor, and you have not fainted. Well, you know, that's a lot of compliments. 
nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you left your first love. Here's what I think it means. You're going through the motions, but you forgot the reason. And when you do that, it's only a question of time before you're gonna be disappointed with people and you're gonna feel like God hasn't given you enough for what you have done for him. You gotta go back to your first love. Remember, take a look back, like I said earlier, from where you are fallen and repent and do your first works or else I'll come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of this place except you repent. Do you remember home Bible studies, Sunday school classes, fellowships, prayer meetings, work parties, all that stuff, all that labor, all that energy, all that time? Because when you initially did it, you did it out of love. So if you're gonna to continue to labor, ask yourself this question. Is mine a labor of love? Jesus, what an honor it is to know you, to love you, Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.